0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 21 of the Slow Drag Has a Podcast 2. My guest today is Corby Lanker. He is an independent musician, an author, director, actor, all creative things doer. Whatever he can do, he does it. We had a great conversation about keeping your head in the right space to make sure that you can tackle your creative endeavors, taking a little breather here and there, and uh, how to navigate the world when you're looking out on social media, comparing yourself to everybody, that and so much more both corby and i have patreon accounts and i highly encourage you to check them out i'm the slow drag on patreon he is corby lanker i will link you to those uh patreon accounts in the show notes it's a great great way to support independent music support these podcasts support all the creators you love and get a little something out of it all right here we go guys episode 21 And man, that sounds like such an independent creative vacation. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, that was great. It's like a need the... time to focus on learning something new, so
1: I can put out more stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. Yeah. I I think about this stuff a lot because, um, you know, it's it's one thing to be a creative, and it's another thing to be uh, a creative that's able to pay their bills with their creativity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you you have to be so flexible. I mean, I'm 15 years plus into this. And the way I make money now is so different than the way I made money ten years ago, or mm. what I was trying to do. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about at the very beginning, mm-hmm. like when you came to town and you saw like it, the gatekeeper game, and who you had to be in you know with this crowd, and like there was a lot of networky things, and a lot of doors that wouldn't really open unless you kind of followed the protocol. And when I first moved to town, I too did that, mm-hmm. and you know, f- paid attention to who was. You know, I was really trying to go for sync licensing when hmm. I first moved to town, and um, so I paid attention to who was winning at that game, and then I would go to their shows, and then I'd you know like meet with them or, or meet up with them and try to get them to have coffee with me, or sometimes successfully, sometimes not, mm-hmm. and um, I don't hate that social stuff. I don't hate it um well now you're on the other side of it <laughs> i don't know if i am
0: really well, i, don't I don't know. know you got you got people like me coming up and be like hey come that do was this really thing. nice come check this out you yeah. know i mean it's not it's not coffee sometimes the the coffee the coffee asks that i get every now and then i'm like mm, why are we getting coffee again yeah you no want? i oh man i just and now
1: you know what's <laughs> annoying too is i just got one um that's funny you just reminded me of that because i got the dm on instagram of a guy who's like moving to town and and wants to grab coffee, and it, it's hard because you want to be helpful. You remember being mm-hmm. that guy, absolutely. You know, and, and you're most like somebody. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> well, I'm glad you
1: had that experience. I don't know if, you think if I had. Most I wouldn't say most people, but some people said yes, and um, I was grateful to those people. And I didn't really. I knew that I didn't have anything to offer them, so they were, were mm-hmm. totally throwing me bone. I think totally. the difference though is that I learned early on to be. Um, specific with my asks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so that i had there there was an intention hey i'd like to get to know you more about like um you know how did you this is like not specific enough but you know you, I, you you've done really great in this um one kind of tv mm-hmm. show or so like like it'd be fun to talk to you about that or could i buy you lunch or some kind of like some Absolutely. small thing like mm-hmm. a gesture of bringing something to the table even if it was like i'd love to buy you a cup of coffee mm-hmm. it's like oh, okay cool you know, and, yeah. and when you get asked in a way that's like, hey, could we meet for coffee? Like you can just tell that that person is sort of, they don't, they're so unfocused or they so don't know what they're asking for. They just right. maybe somebody told them your name and, and it's so easy. You're so easily, you know, it's so easy to get a hold of anyone these days mm-hmm. that it takes zero effort to like send somebody a DM and go, or what an Instagram message. <laughs> it blur all the words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you kind of have to be judicious about that, especially like time is so valuable. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's, you know,
0: if you're just coming to town, that's, you know, you have an abundance of time, Yeah. you know, totally. and I think especially if you're, if you, you and I have, have been down unfocused paths, you know, we've been at a point probably several times where it's like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing with this particular project or where my next step should be. And it makes it really easy to sort of look around and just be like, help, which is what these like unspecific meeting asks are for. But you're so right to, to save those up to when you really want to talk to somebody about something and you have a specific reason. Because then they're... I don't know. They're helping you with their expertise and a story yeah. that that means something to them instead yeah. of just like a one-on-one seminar <laughs> for yeah. like what to do now that you're here at whatever point you're at. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, on that note, too, i was thinking about this. I have one, one of the most important professional relationships I have in town is I'm with this guy Tim Lauer, and um, he we started being friends. I want to say ten years ago, probably. Um, maybe eight and at that time he was kind of an A-list studio guy for country records or any you know major label stuff he's a keyboard dude mm-hmm. and um, he's since gone on to be um, I mean he was the, the executive music producer at the Nashville television show for the last two mm-hmm. se- or three seasons you know he took over uh, Buddy Miller's job who took it over from uh, T-Bone Burnett so he's like you know he's like his star has mm-hmm. risen a lot, and um, but he was always kind of a bigger fish than me anyway. why that happened, I think back about this, and it was really like it's <clears throat> so organic i there was this this artist, Mickey Echo, who was kind of bigger a few years ago. He's been quiet, but he was he was he's from here, and um when he was just starting out he was playing at like the mercy lounge and I would go see a lot of shows early on. I went see a lot of shows and mm-hmm. I, th- I would say that's a great thing to do. If you're Absolutely. in town just go see music and see what moves you. It's like the worst thing you can do is fake enthusiasm. Like just because somebody's like successful and you just like want something from them that mm-hmm. you don't even know their songs or anything. Mm-hmm. And people can smell that a mile away and yeah. it's just so disingenuous. And the town is full of that. It's, and it's just, you're not, that's not a winning strategy. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I went to see Mickey Echo play and it's like, talent was obvious. Like he's just an amazing singer. And he was like selling, you know, EPs for five bucks, whatever, bought one. And it was really listening to the EP. I was like, what the fuck is this? It's like, this was made in Nashville. It just sounded Mm. way hipper than anything. It was Mm -hmm. like barely guitars on it. And it was obviously all like programmed drums and kind of going for a vision. And, and it said it was produced by Tim Lauer. Okay. And I just remembered his name. And then like years later, a friend of mine hired me to produce a few demos and he had, there was a budget. And so I just called like all the big studio people. Hmm. I got and and I'd gotten his like big studio, just like the studio cats of Nashville. Sure. who's mm-hmm. Who's, who are expensive and, you know, prohibitively expensive, but mm-hmm. they'll, they're just looking for work like everybody else. So if you right. have money, they'll, and you're not terrible they'll play you know they'll play on something and so i called like all these guys and they were like all down and one of them i got tim's contact and um he's like yeah you know i'll come over on sunday whatever and so he came over and the second i met him i was just like this is the guy that i've been looking for like this Mm -hmm. is the guy he's he was really talented but he was just like so wide open in what c- constituted music like what mm-hmm. he felt was possible what was interesting to him but he's also grounded in songs like whatever that's he, I'm kind of almost describing myself too like mm-hmm. I just really resonated with with his sure. vision and it was immediately obvious and um and that's all it was we 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 hung out I think I gave him my CD um and it was like a short you know, like six songs or something of things that I thought that I was working on now that I was excited about, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. also didn't expect him to listen to it or anything. I'm I'm like, I know a lot of people give you their record, but I just think you'd like this. And I just think you're really an interesting guy and it'd be fun to do something someday. Mm -hmm. And I probably left it at that. Mm -hmm. And then six months later or longer, I don't know. And not to say that you have to wait this long, maybe I'm slow, but I reached out to him because I had written this song with a friend of mine called my little life that was based around a ukulele and a riff and I sent him the demo and I was like, I just have a feeling like it would be really fun to make, r- do a proper recording of this song with you. I think you'd like it. I think I'd like it. Like, let's have an excuse to do this. I'm like, I don't have like a lot of money, but I do my best to, you know, make it worth your while. And he's like, okay, well, we'll figure that out. And so we just went in, cut the song in a day, just mm-hmm. programmed it all out and mm-hmm. kind of played everything. And, and it was really fun. Yeah. And, and then it like, you know, spent a bunch of time on the Lightning 100. And it was kind of the like, it was a small victory. Mm-hmm. And it was really just that, but the, the hang was natural and easy and effortless. And uh, he was in a place where he had, you know, a little bit of free time here and there. Anyway, that ended up with to, turning into him uh, producing the record that that song was a part of. Mm-hmm. And so we just worked together. I paid him no money, I think, up front. I mean, we—it wasn't a money thing. It was just kind of like he liked the the hang, and he liked the songs, and he liked my gumption. And the the my payoff was that I had to be extremely flexible and patient. Mm-hmm. And so it took like more than a year to make the record. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I just, <clears throat> but it was such a natural, organic, of evolution of a friendship into a working relationship. Now he, um, scores all the episodes of Morse Code. Hmm, um, wow. For, for, like, there's no money right now. Hmm. I mean, Morse code is such a labor of. I don't know if you got a chance mm-hmm. to watch any of the episodes or anything. No, I didn't. I didn't
0: watch <laughs> the episodes. I just read the. I read the bio, but I do. I do want to talk a little bit about that. Um, but I also before before you keep going, there's, there was so much gold in that story that you just told, uh, in terms of like how to how to interact with people the right way in a creative business sense, mm-hmm. you know, because you know, you you didn't go after this guy right away after you heard his record for for no good reason. You know, you yeah. took note of his name and then like, oh, the time is right, let's reach out and be totally upfront with a purpose to get together, to to pique this person's interest to say like, hey, we can work together on this thing. Not being too pushy with with pushing your record, letting the patience thing sit. That's probably the hardest part for mm-hmm. I think a lot of people is just to understand that like, you know, it's it's, it's it really is planting a seed. You, you know, that seed with you got planted at that uh, at that Echo show, Mickey Echo, Mickey Echo, yeah. yeah. When you just saw that guy's name and just let it let it sit, let it mm-hmm. germinate. Didn't push it too far, too fast. We're totally up front with all of your information. What you wanted, how you wanted it,
1: and it just happened to be that you guys clicked, which is great. You know, yeah, it that- was. There was nothing forced about it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that's the. I mean, I'm. I've been guilty of trying to force things. We all you, you make a million mistakes. I make mistakes mm-hmm. on a daily basis, mm-hmm. and I promise. Mm-hmm. I think about them, <laughs> um, but I, I, I th- but I try a lot. And anyway, but yeah, there's been things that I've thought that were seemed simpatico with approaches and then learned really quickly that they weren't mm-hmm. or, or was too excited. I'm like, I've definitely been guilty of being too eager in um, mm-hmm. meeting somebody that, that I jumped jammed with and then uh, gelled with. And, and then kind of was just a little too, too quick to propose another thing. And there, it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. people can, if it feels desperate, you know, it's like what we were talking about when mm-hmm. somebody reaches out for you to coffee for coffee, and if it feels like a flailing ask, it's offputting, and you're kind of like, eh, there's so many things I could be doing with my hour. An hour of my time is mm-hmm. actually pretty valuable.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: And once you realize that you,
0: it's it's gelled. It's in. Like yeah. you understand. Once you start measuring your time and value, as mm-hmm. opposed to like this project or this song or this gig or whatever, it all becomes like, oh, this is me as a as a force. Everything that I do and all the time it takes and and the actual physical product or the sonic product or whatever it is, has its own value set based on the time and effort and the creative energy thats that I've built up, that you've built up, that we've built up for years and years and years and years, mm-hmm. you know, to just make this one quick thing happen, be it a conversation or a record or a TV show or any of these things, mm-hmm. you know, so much more than just what appears to the public goes into it.
1: Yeah, it's a groundswell mm-hmm, of energy mm-hmm. that is years in the making for any small public thing that the public things are almost incidental.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: it's like it's like it's a bobbing uh It's like a duck you can see floating on the water between the waves and the duck's head pops up, you know, Mm. for a second. And That's like a show that you have or a big, you know, if you're, you get a sink or you, uh, you know, have an opening tour or something, but then, you know, you can't see the head again. And there's a ton that's ducks still swimming or it's just, uh, it's all behind the scenes. I think about that with social media posting because that as an entrepreneur, as you know, it's a big part of the game. You Mm -hmm. have to do it. And, um... I've embraced it as much as I can. I try to I try to enjoy my work as much as possible. And, you know, like you, there's things you don't want to do, but they are necessary. And then so I'm like, well, how do I make this necessary thing, this thing that feels necessary to me, work for me? How do I want to use that? Mm-hmm. And that for me turns into, I mean, even in terms of like the platforms you choose, like I mm-hmm. like Instagram, mm-hmm. I like taking photos, I like framing stuff Um and I don't like Twitter. I don't like the community of it. I don't like how indecent people seem to be. Mm. And so I don't really use it and mm-hmm. I, I, like I actually deactivated it for a couple weeks a few weeks ago. I'm like, why do I even have this? And I'm like, okay, I probably just need to keep it open just, you know a little sure. bit and but I don't put any energy into it because I don't enjoy it. And mm-hmm. you know if I, if I did, I would. And maybe right. I would be, I would have a bigger presence and there's things that Twitter can do that Instagram can't basically go viral, you know, like Twitter can go viral in a way with the retweeting thing. Mm, Instagram mm-hmm. doesn't do mm-hmm. that, but that doesn't matter. Like if you don't enjoy it, if you hate it, which I kind of do, yeah, I'm not going to spend any time on it. Why? Mm-hmm. Like I, it's, that's, there's other ways to move forward in life. You don't have to do things that you, if you just really don't like doing something, I don't think you should do it. <laughs> I'm 100% behind <laughs>
0: you. And that's that's such a hard thing to come to. But, you know, it's something that is easier to accept and embrace um, when you have put in all the groundwork like you have, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I don't know if Twitter was a debate in your head 10, 15 years ago like when, yeah. you, were, when you were starting to go out and play shows and things like that. And, you know, clearly, like... Social media, I bet, helps with your heavy touring schedule, just keeping people informed, not unlike an email list. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, I you know i would I would wager that that you could still do just as well cutting your social media time in half because you've you've built up so much. Uh, in terms of uh, a fan base that's paying attention to what you're doing because they really want to pay attention to what you're doing. You're not trying to, I mean, we're always trying to like fight to find some new eyes and ears, but you can get to a point after a few rounds of those fights where you can look back and be like, this is what I wanna do, this is what I don't wanna do, this is what I've tried and this is how I know <laughs> whether or not these are things that I wanna do. And that's a powerful place to be,
1: you know? Yeah. Um I think that uh, if I've done anything right in my approach to currying favor with people who are unfamiliar with me—be them larger fish in our pond or new eyes and ears in a, a prospective audience—it's kind of been this this attitude that I have, and really have always had, which is if I'm if there's something I'm going to do, I'm I'm going to do it. Like I am, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna do it, mm-hmm. and. If I'm asking, you know, somebody for a favor or a meeting or something, I'm not asking them to give me permission to do the thing. Mm. Or I'm I'm kind of coming with this attitude, like, hey, I'm gonna go do this thing. Um, I'm looking for this. Do you want? To, are you interested? Do you want to help? And kind of people, they might not believe you or something early on. And I think people particularly didn't. Um, we can talk about this project I did called Wigby, which um, I did probably eight or ten years ago, which had zero uh, – like, uh, its purpose was not to – it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. It was kind of for the community, and uh, but it ended up being really helpful to me. Uh, but anyway, like, that was something. I'm just like, I'm going to do this, and I needed an engineer at that time. And so I asked, you know, do you want to help me do this? No? Okay, cool. I went to the next guy. Do you want to help me? Do-? I'm, I'm going to do this. And, mm-hmm. and then I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, early on in those meetings, people were just like, okay. Maybe. But now I think that people – It's it's also my confidence is much higher Mm -hmm. too. So, when I know that I'm, if I set out to do something, I just, all I have to do is look back and go like, well, I did it every single other time. There's, Mm -hmm. I absolutely know I'm going to do it this time. Mm -hmm. And it makes your vision, you keep raising your vision up a little higher, Mm -hmm. you know, every time. And you're like, can I pull this off? And then... And then you do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, that this, this TV show that I'm doing is a great example of that where like every single episode has gotten incrementally more ambitious mm-hmm. um, in terms of time, scope, locations. I mean, the episode that I'm shooting this month is like, I'm again, right at the threshold of what I feel like I'm capable of pulling off. Like it's, it's pretty ambitious for me. And, um, but I, I'm like, I did it all the other times. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to do it this time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just weird. And then it makes your whole attitude different. I mean, like I'm shooting a scene uh, next Saturday and it's a, it's six pages of script, which is a lot to shoot in one, uh, one go, uh, especially in the block that we have allotted. And I still don't have a location for it. And like, it's not to say that I'm not waking up in the middle of the night because I am worried about it, <laughs> but I also underneath all of that, I'm just like... I know I'm going to, it's going to be fine. I'm like, there's things I'm doing right after this, our our talk um, to kind of further that. And it's, I don't know, it's just really interesting. Like there's not this, the question isn't like, can I? Mm -hmm. It's just how I'm uh, how am I going to, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like I know that I'm going to, right. So it's really, it's a help, a helpful mindset. It will push you. It pushes me through the myriad short-term obstacles that are invariably arise. You know, as you try to do something bigger, Mm -hmm. there's going to be hurdles you have to overcome and you just keep jumping them. Then they keep coming. Then you make them higher. And then you jump those too. And you're just pulling off shit that you didn't know that you could do. Totally. And, and, As you do that, as you
0: grow and do that, you know, those, those bars that get risen that you were talking about, it's like, it might be at such a small incremental pace that you don't notice until you look back over a couple of years and like, see all of the things that you've done and how you've done them. And you can't really, when you're doing that, when you have, when you're looking back, you, you don't have that, that pressure and that anxiety <laughs> that sits on top of your confidence right there ready to go. All mm-hmm. you have is this new perspective and the joy of looking back at the things that you've accomplished, you know, simp- and sometimes <coughs> simply by virtue of having done them, you know, whether or not they mm-hmm. did what you wanted to do. Um, I'm curious about your latest project because you, you have, you have uh, dived into other creative endeavors besides music, mm-hmm. you know, and I think... For a songwriter, something like writing a book, which is something you've done, um, would come a little more natural and easy than something like producing a TV show, writing it, and starring in it. It seems to me like you're you're just fine with with uh, letting go to some degree, trusting other people uh, who who have a little more expertise or knowledge than you might have in a particular area. and i I, I imagine that, Filming a TV show would involve a lot of people who have some expertise that you might not have. This seems like a very different type of creative project than a record or a book.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, And that's part of the why I'm so excited about it. I'll I'll say that, I mean, most of my income right now still comes from touring and, um, and I've been building up that you know, spinning that top mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, for 15 plus years. And I'm just now to a point where I, you know, I've created a two hour show that mm-hmm. I'm pr- proud of mm-hmm. and it's solid and um, it's a show, you know, and it's also something I can do alone. Mm-hmm. And that's part of my, there's something about the way I approach creativity that at its core is very individualistic. Mm-hmm. I, li- I like, I, Making the thing by myself, um, writing the thing, and I think that's really because I'm um, a writer at heart. Like more than I am anything else, I've, I'm a, a total book nerd, and I have been since I was a little kid. I like fiction. Um, I like that dialogue that happens between one mind and another. It's two. There's two people involved, hmm. and that's it. You mm-hmm. know, it's the reader and the writer, and that universe that's happening is very private. Um, It's very personal. It's very intimate. And it's also not performance. You know, it's something that as a Mm. writer, you can, you sit there by yourself and you have all the time in the world in a sense. And all you have to do is just imagine. You can make anything you want. That freedom with writing is so extraordinary. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm like... I'm giddy about it, thinking about it right now. Yeah, I
0: see it on your face. Yeah,
1: (laughs) uh, I mean, like right now, um, I like right. I took off from my house to come over here, and I might. I don't know if I'm going to go do other things after this or not. I know. I don't know if I'm going to spend the day out Mm -hmm. um, or not. And so I actually was like, (gasps) and I drove back home. Like I'd been, you know, went around the block essentially. Came, ran and got the paperback that I've been reading um and then i just i saw it when i got out of my car and i was like should i bring it in And i'm like are you insane like, you're <laughs> talking to thing. you're we trying take a, a podcast a yeah, yeah, you know, totally if I mean, you want to do like... some some open readings too just like <laughs> so funny <then> like... <laughs> um but i'm like i'm reading uh great expectations by charles dickens mm. and it's like i'm almost wow. done with it and uh-huh. it's like all of the story kind of threads are coming together mm-hmm. and i mean i live in this like it's so fun when you're reading um, there's you're kind of living in two worlds at any given time. Mm-hmm. It, like there's this one that you know we're sharing right now, mm-hmm. but like when I'm driving other places, I'm thinking about this world that this guy created 200 years ago and these characters and they're mm-hmm. real people in mm-hmm. a sense. And I, I wonder what's going to happen to Pip the main character, yeah. and, you know, and I like his, Oh, have you not read this before? No, I've never have read you it. Have never seen
0: like an, uh, an screen adaptation or anything no, like that? No, no, I haven't. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. So <clears throat> I don't
1: know. I don't know. Spoilers, <laughs> yeah, <no> spoilers, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, well, you were asking me about the Morse code and the, mm-hmm. um, all of that, the writer thing. So um, well, it's, and it's interesting to get back
0: into that. Based on what you just said, you know, because you just described creativity for you coming back to you being a very personal thing that uh, that that starts with you and your music and your writing. Yes, the the book you you mentioned, like consciously involving one other person the reader mm-hmm. but your music it sounds like you're like it's 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 me it's on me it's like whether or not i've got a band or a production like this show can happen
1: yeah and, I, and morse I mean, code is not that no no morse code is not that and just to bring it back to the music thing um is that uh because music is you're you are performing it and i mm-hmm. really enjoy performing music i mean i feel on the stage i feel very like i feel like i i can be myself actually mm-hmm. in a way that i don't feel in the normal world. Mm. I'm always kind of a little uncomfortable and I'm trying to make sure people like me or just like, there's a Mm. lot of weird things that go on in, you know, I'm an insecure Mm -hmm. person like all other creative people to Mm -hmm. some extent. And um, so there's something that was a very at home quality. And then I've made this show and I do it by myself and I tour alone a lot. And I enjoy all of those things. But over the years, um, as I've, whatever good things have come my way in music or except the the reward part of it is really boring i found like Mm. if i won a songwriting award or i've played a big show i remember opening for willie nelson Mm. and Mm -hmm. uh in seattle which makes a great instagram post (laughs) yeah great instagram post totally this is before instagram it's probably in 06 Mm -hmm. um but uh I came backstage, I was like so pumped. And there was like, none of my people, were, there was, I had no people there. I was, I was just there by myself. And I like had to high five somebody. So I was just like, with the, one of Willie's roadies was there. And I was like, man, he was just like very reluctantly. It was like, oh, man. like, like eye rolling. Like, so and it was just like, that was emblematic of, a uh, uh, characteristic of some feature of that part of my life. And it's not, it's not fulfilling. Like there's something i that's been missing in a certain way um, with that really individualistic pr- mode of creating. And then, so the, the TV show thing, and I got into it kind of in this weird, quirky way, but uh, to cut to the quick, um, the first time I was on a film set and saw there's like 65 people there and everybody was doing their little job to make mm-hmm. this one thing as good as possible. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that. Like mm. I, being part of it, I was acting at that time, but I've since done... I mean, I help all kinds of other productions in town, the indie stuff, and I'll mm-hmm. do anything. I'll hold a, the boom mic or whatever. Um, and it, anyway, it was it was really motivating. Uh, and so I had met, what started really me making the show was that I got cast as a, uh, a dad in a Delta Ray video. Um, there's oh. who we are my friends. Yeah. 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 And um, we didn't know each other then. I kind of met them mm-hmm. on the on the set. But, Mike uh, McKee has been on the podcast. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, met this, like, this little eight year old girl who was cast to play my daughter, and uh, her her brother as well and so we ended up hanging out all day long on set like we call was at nine or something and we didn't do anything until five and there's you know it's like it's so boring like that's one thing like like filmmaking is so boring it's hilarious Mm -hmm. like it seems like this really wait yeah it's oh my god it's so tedious unless Mm -hmm. you're uh, like uh, the crew and in which case actually the crew has a lot of hurry up and wait too Mm -hmm. but um uh, anyway, we just killed this time. But like me and this little girl, we just were like instantly friends. It was funny. Mm-hmm. And her parents were there too. And we all became really good friends. And But there was a chemistry between the two of us. And I was just like, man, I should write a scene for me and Maggie. Mm-hmm. And Whoa, cool. And so, and it was, so it was another thing that was really organic. I was mm-hmm. like, here's this mm-hmm. kid who's precociously talented. Mm-hmm. And, and just fun. And like a, a kid born for... For the camera just like mm-hmm. loves to perform is mm-hmm. natural at it, like is a game as a team player all the things that kind of re- require like a a good actor um, and i I've never been like I need to be an actor or anything. I just like trying new things and I that's kind of what brought me to the the film set and then I met Maggie and I just there was something there and I was like, I'll just write this scene and then I wrote the scene and I, I had written a kind of version of a larger tv show a year before and i was like what if i kind of smushed this idea down into this new idea and this scene with me and maggie could be the first scene in the film and kind of or the the show and sort of establish the relationships between the main characters and the stakes and we'll see what happens and so i like wrote this like seven page script Mm -hmm. the scene between the two of us and gave it to her and then we rehearsed it and i was just like we are totally doing this now because it Mm -hmm. was good you know i could feel it like it gives me chills now and (laughs) um and then so i you know by this time i've been in part of an acting studio in town for the last three years oh cool so i know a lot of film Mm -hmm, people now mm -hmm. and um there's a it's an interesting time the filmmaking thing in nashville is like the at the it's opposite Uh, side of its journey than the music thing. Mm. The music thing Mm -hmm. is like this not ossified but it's, you know, like Music City USA and people sure. come here to be big stars and yeah, yeah. there's a machine involved. And the filmmaking thing is like the Wild West here because it's not in Atlanta. Like there's tons of real shows that are shot in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but it's close to Atlanta. So there's a lot of people that live here and are in sh- stuff down there. right um, But within the, the community itself, there's just like a lot of projects and people kind of excited to help each other. And so, um, so I made a lot of friends and actors and, and crew In Nashville in the last couple of years. And so when I had this idea, and I wrote this scene, I was like, here's this idea, this seems worthy, worth pursuing. And then, okay, if I brought these two, a couple more elements in to make it complicated enough to have the story need to go forward. Um, who could I have to cast that? And I thought about it and I reached out to the people Mm -hmm. and like being in the studio, I watched, you know, 50 or 60 people act. And so really quickly you can kind of see who can do it and maybe who's got some work to do. Um, But you also see flavors of people Mm -hmm. and, you know, like casting. I like, I like casting now, you know, it's like really fun to go. And I'm always, it's changed the way I've, this is, I'm going on a slight tangent, but um, since my involvement in, filmmaking has changed the way I participate in day-to-day life in a basic way, huh. in the sense that um, I see everywhere I go, I'm kind of <laughs> Scouting? Uh, scouting, a little bit, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and it's just like, and also people, you you don't see the world you know, like, I think that a default way, or maybe this is like a candid admission of a character flaw in me or something but you know to see like a pretty girl or something like wow that's a pretty girl or like that guy looks cool or like there's that category mm-hmm. but there's also like the weird old man with the tick mm-hmm. you know in the grocery line right. and there's like mm-hmm. the, the the overweight mexican girl who's got like too much makeup on but there's something really interesting about that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, like there, everybody becomes like kind of this potential character and, sure. and is and it's like you kind of appreciate them unto themselves it's mm-hmm. interesting and i and I'm not like handing out my number to people or like saying, "Hey, I'm gonna," you know, "I'd like to put you." In. I think I've done it twice though, like been on jogs and seen a person that was kind of mm-hmm. interesting and like walked up, but that's kind of scary and takes guts. But. It, yeah, especially
0: <laughs> like until things like a film industry develop a little more in town. Yeah, you know, like I lived in LA for ten years and that happened to me sure. a handful of times. Sure, somebody just needed, a, you know, an extra with a vibe or something mm-hmm. like that. And they're like, "Come on, come on, check it out."
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. But anyway, it's uh, it's. It, like uh, the casting thing's exciting. And yeah. then the first time we, you know, then I, the we, the first episode takes place at an ice cream store. Where am I going to find an ice cream store? I'm like, well, I live here in East Nashville. I'll go to Jenny's. And I went to, the, you know, went to the place. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, I'm making this th- for short film. And I, could we? And they're like, well, you know, it's kind of a corporate thing. And, you know, let me right. have your number. And I, I felt like that wasn't going to go well. And a friend of mine knew this other place, you know, 40 miles out of town but it was a mom and pop shop. And I went and looked at it. And I'm like, this is kind of perfect. Mm. And I met with the owner and I told him, you know, and I and it was just, really like, I'm, I'm doing that. I was just honest, you know, like okay. I'm written this thing and I'd like to shoot it here. Um, and I, I knew his hours and I was really clear about my ask. You know, I was like, you're not open on Sundays. You're not open till noon. If we could get in here at six and be out by noon would that, you know, work and I don't have a location fee, but I'll, I'll buy all the breakfast for the whole crew. And there's going to be like 40 people here from you Mm -hmm. and we'll pay for all the ice cream. And he's like, well, yeah, that sounds fine. Mm -hmm. And then we did, and we were all very respectful and it was fun to be part of. And, um, and then when I, you know, I'd still like, we're making this thing and I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know. Sure. You know, you don't know yeah. what you're, what you have until you're just like going through the edit and you're like, I don't know if i my performance is going to be okay. And there's so many question marks, even while we were doing it. And at, at that point I'd already thrown down, you know, $1,200 probably or something for just like the crew and the rentals yeah. and stuff. And so it wasn't until I went through and edited, I'm like. I think this is actually okay. You know, (laughs) it was, and then I took it to Tim, Tim Lauer. this was the seed scene that you're talking about? Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. Like Maggie and I rehearsed it and then I, you know, cast the other people and then we, it was film shoot Mm -hmm. day and we shot Mm -hmm. the whole thing and about in, you know, it ended up being like eight hours or something. Mm. And, and cast it, or I'm sorry, uh, edited it, and and that was another thing is that like there's no way I could have done this had I not made you know dozens and dozens of music videos and performance videos mm. and other silly things that I used to make just for fun that mm-hmm. I didn't know why I was doing it or, um and it's like now I I you know while I did that I found out that I enjoy editing and and I enjoy like. Film editing is not so different from music production mm-hmm. in a sense, you know, you're creating a narrative mm-hmm. um, and you're putting together different elements and you kind of have to see the forest and the trees at the same time. There's a, there's a lot of overlap there in those skills. Yeah. And um, anyway, I just, you know, like went through the edit and the file management of of a production, even a smaller, like that ended up being like a seven minute uh, episode, but there's so many takes of every scene, and like the, you, there's this organizational thing that you have to have mm-hmm. to oh, just man, yeah. manage all of that that information and be able to like remember where everything is or label it properly. And I've kind of built up that skill set too, like over the last five seven years. Mm-hmm. You got um, one of those clappers? Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. No, <laughs> totally. I don't, but you know my people do. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know that was funny because I like I wouldn't have, you know I hired a director. Um, Mm -hmm. who's a guy who only did it it a few more times, but he had more training than me Mm -hmm. because I'm just like, I don't know how to, I don't even know how you, you know, I don't take act one, scene two take. Right. I don't know how you, I didn't know how you broke up a script into a shot list. And there's all these things I just didn't know how to do. Sure. Um, Mm -hmm. And I still really don't. Yeah. And, and so like, I mean, we just did the pre-production meeting yesterday for episode four Mm -hmm. and it's just really like, um, I'm coming to this place or I, I'm trying to answer your, this other question that you asked me like 20 minutes ago <laughs> um, about letting go. Mm. And mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. the thing about working with in filmmaking is that it's almost fundamentally different than writing in that, you know, that writing it's a universe and you control everything. Right. And it, what you say exists, like you're the God of this little thing that you've made in your head. Mm. And um, filmmaking is so like, you have to trust so many people and I can't tell you that like, how many times I've looked at an actor like speak a line or deliver a line that I wrote and just be like, wow, I I did not, that's not what I had in my head at all. Mm-hmm. And ha- but have it like be their own thing. And it, mm-hmm. it, it, like sometimes is it better, is it worse, or is it just different? Um, it's different for sure, right? And it, but that's part of the thrill of it too. Mm-hmm. It's also part of the annoying thing, like mm. it's funny. I'm on every time, like we had this pre-production meeting yesterday and I already saw like things I'm going to have to start letting go of because Mm. the director and the DP um, saw this one, you know, like this thing different happening a little bit differently and you have to trust their vision. And you also have to like, let like people, people only, you really want somebody's passion to be involved in a project as much as possible. Yeah. And, Mm. um, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And if if you start stepping on their totally. their sense of self and what they feel like they bring really quickly, you're mm-hmm. going to get a mediocre performance or you're going to get something that's less than 100% heart. And I'm very much interested in 100% heart. Mm-hmm. Like and, and I also, you know, I'll ha- if I have a strong vision or I have a strong opinion about something, I definitely will speak it. But I'm totally cognizant of what I sense that that other pe- person needs to feel like they're bringing. And I try to be... Sensitive to surrendering that at moments where it seems to be mm-hmm. necessary, mm. um, and yeah, I don't know. It's so like there's the the thing, the whole TV show thing now is. I mean, it's still a totally la- a labor of love. There's h- hard expenses, but um, people, the people, everybody who's doing it is doing it because they want to be part of it, and mm-hmm. th- that's so fun. And like the some of my most gratifying days of. My late, my most recent life of the last five years of my life are film days of, on Morse code mm-hmm. because there's, you know, a dozen or more people yeah. on set mm-hmm. and I've done all this other work to create this situation. we found the location, we got the call times, I got all the people involved to like set, help me organize it. And then when we're there, we can just do the fun thing. And it is so fun. Mm-hmm. It's just so fun. And we're like, there's so many people involved and it's like hours. And you'll see, like, somebody kind of rehearsing this little scene in the corner like, trying to get their part right and talking mm-hmm. about the nuances. Mm-hmm. And it makes me have chills. And it's like, I don't even care what happens with the show. I mean, I do. I'm really aiming high with what sure. I want to have happen. But yeah. in the meantime, it's just so fun that mm-hmm. I don't. have I a lot of my life right now, um, I'm 42 years old, and I kind of, you know, I'm not famous not I mean barely financially successful I'm I'm, I'm solvent enough <laughs> you know I bought a house that was like I have that much stability mm-hmm. and um, but I'm so much there's my priorities have changed so much in terms of like mm-hmm. what a successful life mm-hmm. looked like to me five years ago versus oh, now oh just
0: five years yeah
1: yeah mm-hmm. for sure like the, the I mean and it's been you know the evolution started a long time ago but mm-hmm. um you know, the gatekeeper thing, um, there were, I, I kind of kowtowed to other people's opinions or industry opinions or mm-hmm. hoped that, you know, they would like my record, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or whatever. The things that you just do as an artist, sure. you want to feel recognized or uh, appreciated or, or, or have opportunities come. Yeah. And I've kind of realized that all of my big successes in life have been been the result of me doing something Mm -hmm. and then somebody else came along and was like, they were like, Oh, I want to be part of this or can we, can we help you? And, um, that was, you know, the, the book that got published, um, that happened. Uh, I mean, the seeds of that were like eight years ago, nine years ago or something. Mm -hmm. Sown then when I was parking cars at a hotel downtown and I, I mean, it's like at this, total um nadir, whatever the opposite of zenith is, of my career where like all of a sudden I'd moved three thousand miles away from where I mm. came from mm. and had cultivated an audience. And now I'm in a town that no one gave two shits about me. Mm. And then mm. I initially had a label and a agent and there was a bit of a machine around me. And then all of that stuff like imploded and disappeared and all of a sudden mm. I was just like, I'm Truly broke. Like, I cannot, mm. like, ask my folks for m- more money or, mm. like, I, this is, mm-hmm. like, you're on your own, kid. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, like, getting a job parking cars. And I ended up doing that for four years, three years. Mm. And I did music. And I, like, I, tr- I really, those three years, I was just, like, trying to figure out what was going on. Right. And, um, but it was actually, like, such an important time in my life because I didn't have this pressure of trying to keep it all going, which I know you have. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I have
1: it constantly. I mean, that's why I'm waking up in the middle of the night every night. And mm-hmm. it's funny because you get this little quote-unquote success, but it's a, it's another spinning top, and you just got to keep that top spinning, and it's not going to stay spinning by itself. Right. Um, so anyway, there was no spinning tops. I was just like punching in and punching out. And then I, when I was not working, I just had like time to – I don't know. Try stuff, right? And that's really when I, I yeah. wrote. I wrote a bunch of short stories in that time, and no reason. I mean, I just just doing it to just try stuff, um, mm-hmm. and it like and take advantage of the time that I had, and just be really free. And anyway, I had. I it took years, but I've written. I wrote about sixty stories, and. I then this is like my career started picking up again. I was touring and I was like, maybe I could make a little book. That'd be fun. So I self-published this book about the 20 stories that I thought were sort of good. Mm-hmm. And then I played a show in Nashville. I just sold it from the shows, from the merch table at the shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't put like an ISBN number, um, or like register it. I, I just was like... It was essentially bootleg a pamphlet. Underground with it. so so publishing? Yeah, that's totally. Rad, it was so so bootleg. And uh, because I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe somebody will mm-hmm. find it and get excited about it. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't ever exist, then they can be the first. It was mm-hmm. like this dim mm-hmm. idea that I had no idea like how to make that happen or anything. I was just like, well, that's the possibility. There's no reason to like – I didn't want to sell it on Amazon or anything like that. And so months go by, and one night I play a show in Nashville, and – this uh, acquisitions manager at this publishing company happened to be at the show. And she was like, you said you had a book or something for sale. I was like, yeah, it's over here. And she was like, Oh, I'll go buy it. And she gave me her card and that's okay. And I forgot all about it. And then she emailed me like two weeks later and she was like, man, I loved this book. And I handed it around to some people in the company and we're all real excited. And can we have a meeting? I was like, Hmm. you know, crazy. And that Mm -hmm. ended up being the book got published. They sank a bunch of money into it. It got, and was warmly reviewed, and it it has this whole life of its own mm-hmm. and that I thought about that when I thought about this the Morse code show. I'm like, you know that's let's just go with that template because that seemed to work, yeah, and the not waiting for permission, I think is really important to any creative person, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of creative people um they see they 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 see the infrastructure and they're like, okay, well, how do I fit into this infrastructure? Like, where is my role? And that's not a terrible way mm-hmm. to think. Mm-hmm. But with that comes a lot of permission asking. You know, sure. you're like the gatekeeper approach. And mm-hmm. you're like, mm-hmm. well, do you like it like this? Or maybe I should go like, right. you know, you're just like, I'll tweak it or I don't know. You have to like, I mean, at any creative level, you have to ride this weird line between being like rigorously true to yourself and also being open to suggestions or paying attention to what's out there. If, if you're trying to make money, there's a market and the market mm-hmm. likes things and it doesn't like other things. And sure. you, you, you kind of have to be a little bit aware of that. Anyway, there's this crazy dance, but with a, if you're going to go, just go do something and then trust that it will find its audience. Or I think that people get excited about that and respond to mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. want to be a part of it. And, um, And the hard part about finding those things is it's
0: not crammed down our throats like all of the the mainstream uh, creative projects out there, Mm -hmm. you know? It can be... Luckily, the, the internet is out there. You can search these hashtags on Instagram and start to find so many creative individuals like you and I, who are not famous but are paying the bills and being as true as we can to to ourselves to find those audiences. You know, Finding the audience is really the hardest part of the whole thing. For sure. Because if you are able to focus on this is what I want to make and how I want to make it, you're gonna start by building a foundation that feels really good to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to be two, three years in trying to keep up this uh, facade or or make sure that you're making something that people like, whether or not you like it, which you know turns art into a terrible job. You know, it's like, I I thought, I think about things like that. Like I, you know, I did a handful of like hotel gigs and stuff like that, where Mm -hmm. it's like two, three, four hours of just like whatever, when Mm -hmm. no one's paying attention. I'm like, yeah, this is playing music and this is a paycheck, but it's not, it's not what I want to do. So when you stick to what you want to do and, 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 you know, find a way to make it work for you for however long, that feels so good. And that really does connect and resonate with people.
1: I think that's true. And that said, I also do think it's important to be not so precious with mm-hmm, your vision mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you paralyze yourself or render yourself irrelevant or or uncooperative. There's a lot of pitfalls. And I think that I mean I still do this, you know, gigs I'll take. Well, I kind of know going into it. I'm not going to love this gig maybe. Um, but this guarantee is right and it's in the right city and the routing's good. you have to you know I'm just mm-hmm, saying like mm-hmm. I make compromises. Absolutely. I totally do and yeah. um but I try to be strategic with them and I don't like being surprised, you know, like if I think that a gig is going to be something and it ends up being like not that thing, um I don't that haven't hasn't happened to me in a while, um but it definitely happened a lot when I first, started going out and I would just, sure. you know, like I was just hungry to play Yeah, and I would just, you know, as mm-hmm. you, as you are, when you're young, it's God, it's such a, I'm so glad I'm not 22 trying to figure this out now. Really? Uh, I wouldn't mind the energy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. That's, but I'm not sure I would still do the trade because when mm-hmm. I was young and even when I first moved to Nashville, I would take, I mean, I was just, I didn't know where I fit and, and I, so I would try anything. And you spend a lot of time trying stuff that yeah, is yeah. not a good fit for you, but you don't know until you try. And sure. so, and I've definitely been like a trier since, you know, day one. And, but I spent so much time barking up the wrong tree, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, was it this tree? Is it this tree? Is it yeah. this? And now I feel like I'm, I'm still trying stuff that I'm not sure that is it going to work, but I'm not fl- flailing. They're not hail Marys or they're not like mm-hmm. totally divergent things. That mm-hmm. I, Maybe mm-hmm. it's this, maybe it's that. Um, So yeah, it's a, it's, it's nicer to start to know who you are and, Mm. you know, and that's like, you're, we're all still discovering that. I'm absolutely discovering that. I don't know where the show is going. I still struggle with, am I doing this because I'm, don't think I have anything left to say with songs. Am I, am I just, do I just not want to get better at my instrument anymore? And so I'm just like creating this other outlet. Am I like, where is this going? Am I like, who are you to stand up in front of a camera and like be the star of your own TV show? Oh my Mm. God, gag me. You Mm. know, like I, and I don't. This is
0: really interesting uh, path to go down because, you know, just like anything else, in life, your friends, your romantic relationships, your general interests, you know, they're going to wax and wane in terms of the attention that you can or want to give them. You know, yeah. it's so it's so hard to not uh pigeonhole yourself, put yourself in a box as like, I am a musician, you mm-hmm. know? It's like there there are just gonna be times in every musician's life where they don't want to hit the shed or they don't want to write another song or they don't want to play this song again and again and again and again mm-hmm. you know and to do something else but it's like you know creativity itself that's that's in everybody i really do think that like if you are someone who is inclined to make things you can take that just about anywhere you want. And, mm-hmm. you know, talking about all the things you can do. Like, I was lost in that for years in L.A. after one of my bands had broken up that was my job for years. That band broke up, and the prospect of starting over was was really heavy. So I was like, you know, I did some hired gun gigs. I did some songwriting stuff. Tried, like, releasing my own things. Did... Totally non-musical stuff, went back to school for a couple of years, like, all these things to try out, just so now I can look back confidently and say, like, nope, 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 yep. nope, I don't want to do those things, I'm going to be trying this, and even now, some of the things that I've been trying for the last few years, they're, like, they're they're not as fun, they're starting to turn into, like, a real job, and, like you know, it's, that's always going to happen. Like you mentioned, yeah. you know, there's always going to be things that you don't want to do that help you do the things that you do want to do. But recognizing that and taking stock of it and keeping yourself happy in what you create is monumentally important. Cause you, you know, maybe you, tomorrow is you write a song and that's the last song you ever write for years and years and years. But, you know, I mean, God willing, like you keep yeah. doing it, but yeah. like, you know, there's a, uh, you have these other things that you're really passionate about and that's what's important and i think that i can understand the dissonance there if like if you did want to just dive into this tv show and have that be your main main thing Mm -hmm. and work that to be your main main thing the way that you've worked really hard to have music be your main thing that helps you support these other things nothing says you can't make that flip again and again and again
1: i think that's true Mm -hmm. dude can i pee absolutely yeah 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 (laughs) yeah or we i mean just making any stuff. stuff and and, yeah, and
0: evolving stuff. yeah you know not not feeling stuck being able to talk to yourself about like oh these are the things that I want to make and yeah. having the giving yourself the confidence and time to make them i'm actually really happy that you mentioned that that period of your life where you hit a speed bump Started making money from non-creative endeavors like parking cars at a hotel or whatever other people do You Mm -hmm. know, I've had plenty of service industry jobs myself and even like even now like, you know I'm coming up next month will be my three-year anniversary for the slow drag um, Congratulations! Thanks. Man. Yeah, it f- and it feels so good to stick to something like like one of my main problems. I think in my in my youth, and especially when I wasn't in that band I was talking about, which was a years long project, was like just flip flopping a little too soon. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. not sticking with something long enough to really see the results. Mm. But being allowing yourself the time. To get your head right is super so important, you know. I've, I've this happened. This is one of my things that I that I do is I have so many thoughts running through my head because I, you know, I have people like you on the show all the time that are super creative, really interesting, make all these great points about being a creative individual. I had like some solid point mm. about working a day job and then getting back into it. Mm. But I think, uh, oh, in part, it's like it's been on my mind lately to do something like that simply simply for the fact that like sometimes you need a break from that plate spinning yeah. um just just to get focus back you know it's like i'm i'm I stress out about some of these creative endeavors especially when they're you know they don't go as planned or you know you're you're in a you're in a, a wane part yeah (laughs) in an ebb part instead of a flow part sure you know
1: meanwhile seeing like somebody's instagram post about the biggest show they have ever played (laughs) in their life and they're so (laughs) grateful for all their friends and yeah who who am i (laughs) yeah no i mean in in relatedly i mean when i when everything imploded for me Mm -hmm. when i first moved to town um and I was faced with this prospect of having to get a job, and then realizing I had no, I had no skills beyond like singing mm-hmm. and writing songs and playing guitar. I had no, I didn't have wait, waiter experience, mm-hmm. uh, you know, service industry mm-hmm. experience. I was just like uh, helpless, and the idea, you know, I also was very caught up in my own self-identity of being an artist and a musician. And I had managed to bend the world around that vision for Mm -hmm. a long enough time that I'm like, no, this is who I am. And then all of a sudden like, wow, I'm not this anymore. Or I don't, what am I? Like it was Mm -hmm. hard to swallow that pill and get a straight job. And it ended up being the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. Because I'd like shed all of that self-conception and it was humbling, you know, At first, it was humbling, but really, like, that lasted two or three days. And then I found out, like, oh, I don't hate this. I kind of, like, I like these guys that I work with. There's parts of this job that are, like, maybe even kind of fun. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I also, like, now I I can just breathe – I'm not panicking about where rent's coming from. Mm. I just have to show up on time. There's a very simple thing that I need to do. I can daydream all I want. It doesn't require anything of me. Mm. Um, it's very minimal requirements. I have to not crash the cars. I have to be nice to the people,
0: <laughs> yeah. you know,
1: and I have to show up on time. Yeah. I can do all three of those things mm-hmm. pretty well. And um, and it ended up – so, like, it opened this world of, of time and opportunity mm-hmm. creatively and also, it shifted my my perception of what music is and my relationship to it. In the sense that it wasn't something that I deserved. Um, it, the world didn't owe me anything. I didn't. It, I was like, oh, I'm basically this is a service I offer, and. Mm-hmm no one has to be like, just because I wrote a song that I think is good, it's not everyone else's job to salute me for that or, right. or be moved by it or whatever. Mm-hmm. If that happens, you're, you know, I'm lucky and I'm right. the right position is to be grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And that was a really basic shift for me. Um, and I think it, I mean, it holds even now. I mean, I, I feel really grateful for any of the things that I get to do, even when they're annoying. I mean, like sometimes the show the career is not glamorous but on par like anytime somebody is, likes a song i make or the fact that people want to be part of my little show um oh my god it just like it makes me feel so lucky and grateful mm-hmm. and um and you know like that's another thing with the show that's really um gratifying is that I, I i i understand it's like about me and this it's very close it's it's close in its theme to the themes of my actual life. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, like, working out some real personal issues through the show. Mm-hmm. I'm, and, like, with each episode, I'm, like, I'm kind of, as I write another episode, I'm thinking about the stuff that I'm, like struggling with essentially. Mm-hmm. And um but uh, apart from that, I've kind of made this place for all of these people and we get, they get to do their thing. Like the actor the other actors that are in the show are so good. They're so great and it's so fun to r- write these lines and then see them get to do their thing and then see them like shine and be get to be who they are. Mm-hmm. It's so great and yeah. and it's not about me. It's you know, and it's it's really about us. Um, it sounds like somehow disingenuous, but it, it's really not. It's, um, there's something no, about that. Well, once you get past that first scene that you were talking
0: about at the ice cream shop, I'm sure that your uh, perspective on all this was different and you felt more pressure and you felt like, oh, this was my thing and these people are helping me and I value them and all that. But mm-hmm. like, you know, it only takes one or two of those table reads and then a successful episode edit Uh, after all is shot and said and done, everybody rolling up doing their thing for you to start to relax a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. You know, like just anything else, anything else you would collaborate with. It's like you roll in, you want to do your best. You want to put all the effort you can out there just to help help the ship stay afloat until you realize like oh i can i can lean into this person on this particular aspect of the project or i know that they're going to nail the scene i know that they're going to nail the shot i know that's going to be perfectly lit i don't even have to think about that kind of stuff anymore mm-hmm. which allows you to make something great not dissimilar to you know making a record with a producer and players and you know a a savvy engineer and maybe somebody who's just a buddy who comes in and be like what if you did this instead of that you know Mm -hmm. it's like all these little bits make something so great Mm -hmm. and and when you can finally when when it's out of your head and on paper and in the world worked on and finished like you can you can sit back and have this perspective that lets you trust what people are doing and lets you you know, do whatever, whatever
1: is necessary for you to do to help make this beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And there's another piece of it too, which is, I think, super important to any creative endeavor is that um, I I don't think that I'm crazy precious about stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, like you, you can't be, especially mm-hmm. when you let go of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, there's like moments in all the episodes of Morse code where I'm like, you know, I would have probably done it like this Mm -hmm, in hindsight, mm -hmm. and I think it probably would have been better. But this is what it is, and it's good enough. There's Mm -hmm. got you know, there's there's definitely like a good enough component, and that's uh, I like uh, I struggle with even saying that out loud. I'm like you know backing you up 100 percent on that. You know because it's necessary. I mean, who we all know that guy or girl who never puts anything out because Mm -hmm. they're just it's not quite right it's not quite ready i'm not sure if i Mm -hmm. and like you just got to be man you let it flow and let it go you know like put it out there and move on Mm -hmm. like that's my thing is i Mm -hmm. I mean i put it all everything i've got i mean even in my performances when i play shows man i I really put it all out there as much as i possibly can and then as soon as that show's over i've like I don't even look, like I don't care at all. Yeah, I really don't like, I mm-hmm. don't care. Like, it's just, that's what I did tonight. And was it perfect? No, mm-hmm. you know, um, could I have done it? I like, I think about this a lot with my shows. Cause the, the songs are pretty, um, I don't improvise a lot, mm-hmm. but, uh, some once in a while, I'll mm-hmm. kind of throw something out if I'm feeling comfortable, but the songs basically, they don't change too much, but what changes a lot is the banter between mm-hmm. and i'll i'm trying stuff all the time sure. with the way i set up th- things and tweaking things th- in set order and um it's never perfect it's always it's funny i mean sometimes i'm like bomb at a joke but i also kind of will i always have something in my pocket that i know i can like lean on or pull out and be sure. like right back i have everybody Absolutely. right back and so but um i don't know i think that like trying being willing to try is like a basic aspect of the creative life if you're not willing to take a chance and fail there's something missing in what you're in your work you know or mm-hmm. your your ethos mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um, but yeah. then the consequences are you fail and then it always sucks to fail like my yeah or you just put another foot on the stepping stone yeah and then you success. go forward i mean you still yeah. <laughs> i just noticed that like i still my feelings get hurt on the regular, you know, uh, and I know anytime you put yourself out there and you're like, this is me (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. and it's crickets or somebody even says something (laughs) like disparaging or whatever, not like, not everyone's going to like
0: what you do. It's funny, man, this morning before you came over, I woke up to, you know, my social media, which is never, never a good choice, but I still love to torture myself in the morning. But I posted this thing, I'm playing some showcase at a small venue and it's not, it's not even a showcase really in the sense that like a showcase in general in Nashville would be like, you know, a label or a PRO or something, putting something on. This is like, you know, somebody, somebody played a, a, a round like thing for me and turned around and asked me if I'd like to do theirs. And I'm like, yeah, totally. So they share the flyer. I post the flyer and I wake up and it's got so much more engagement than, this, than the stuff that I'm trying to get people engaged with. You know, right yeah. now I'm putting out this podcast every week. I have a weekly online concert series where someone comes on, we do a Facebook Live together, Jam Some Jams, and I mm-hmm. release two songs a month, uh, a, a studio version, an acoustic version. And these are the things that, like, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, this is yeah. feeding me right now. I'm yeah. doing this. You know, it's like, hey, guys, new song out. Check it out. It's yeah. like two likes and no comments. And it's right. like, uh, And then there's this other thing that is like, you know, it will be fun. I'll enjoy it. It's fairly insignificant to me compared to the other things that I'm doing. But people fucking love it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know yeah, how to dude. deal with that. <laughs> I mean, I think it's yeah. That's that's painful stuff. And, um, <laughs> I mean, I think that a good strategy, and I'm not I'm not saying this is advice to you at all, um, but just like for me, yeah. or is is as much as you can to draw as a, a widest circle around your project and hmm. make it as inclusive as you can, because people are essentially selfish and Nashville mm-hmm. more so than a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, it's, we all, we, especially if you moved here and you're going for it, you're a creative and you realize that, you know, it's mm-hmm. super hard and you want to be a star and mm-hmm. so on. But uh, if you, to the extent that you can make includes like serve somebody else's need like, I think that's, you know, not to bring it all back to the show mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. but, um, I'm not delusional about that. And in, 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 my asks, like I'm even like episode two, this is a good example of this, but, um, episode two of Morse code, there's a scene between the main character Simon and, uh, this guy, Kenneth Pattingale, who plays basically himself. He's one half of the milk carton kids. So he's, he's a pretty big, much bigger star than I, I am, or his star is much higher, whatever. Um, but, and I only know him because we go to the same coffee shop all the time. I see him all the time. And mm-hmm. um, we got to be kind of friends. And he's, like, the first time I met him, I was like, this guy is a snarky motherfucker. Like, he is an asshole. But he's funny, mm-hmm. and he's smart, and he's got kind of this face that, like, he's, you know, it's like that thing. You see somebody, you're like, you're the villain in this show, or, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I um, and also to talk to him enough about music stuff and he was kind of at a place in milk carton kids were between records and he was a little ambivalent about it all just a little bit mm-hmm. and so i was like this guy if i create this opportunity for him he's mm-hmm. doing me a favor because he has nothing really to gain in by doing this but i think it would be interesting to him and so mm-hmm. i wrote the scene uh, between him and this character and he basically gets to go off the handle and he gets to act. Cool. He gets to do something fun. And mm-hmm. it, I knew they would like mm-hmm. be fun for him. And it would also be kind of a get for me because he's, uh, he's it's nice to have, you know, guest stars in your show. And um, I'm doing that again with this, this, and it ended up being great. Like, and he, it's it's funny and it's got an inside joke. He pl- plays guitar like David Rawlings a little bit, a lot of it. And, um, or he did more so than he does now. He's, but anyway, that's part of the joke of the show. And um, it's it, the, it works into the character, and the plot development, whatever. Uh, But I'm doing this next episode. There's a guy that I know who's a singer songwriter tour. He's like me, um, a little bit older, but hardcore road dog and, and a talented guy. And he's been around forever and people know him. He's not an actor, but um, I got him on film a year ago doing this other thing. And um, I saw how he was on camera and how, easily he was able to tap into this kind of essential like anger in himself Mm. and make it funny Mm -hmm. and he was just a natural at it and i was like that guy i have to make him i have Mm -hmm. to find a thing for him Mm -hmm. and i do this like i do this a lot where i wrote a role for him in the show so that he can kind of do this thing that he would never get to do otherwise and and it's it's a favor to me but it also like it's interesting to him. It's not a crazy favor. Mm-hmm. He's getting something out of it too. Sure. And so it's, it's kind of like, I, I, I think about that stuff a lot. And with a music thing for me, it's gotten hard, it's hard for me to offer that in the same way. Um, mm-hmm. in, in a like, what can I do for you? Right. Kind of thing. Right. Um, I relate to that, and I and I get a lot of what you get out of the show with this podcast, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is totally mm-hmm. this. I mean, we're having a great time, and you're, it's fun to talk, and I'll post about it and have a thing. And um, oh man, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So it's it's. Uh, yeah, it's about have like bringing other people into a thing, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what everybody's doing at right. every level, you know, like the manager, of the, the big or the big booking agent wants the star, and they get they feed off each other. It's a sympatic, symp- mm-hmm. sympatico, it's mm-hmm. a whatever that word is, symbiotic, symbiotic relationship. Thank you. You're welcome. Word. I'm, You're yeah, great I'm a, with right, words, yeah. by yeah. the way.
0: Yeah. Don't <laughs> don't 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 trip up as on that evidenced.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm
0: gonna point it out on on tape. You. Earlier, you used the word myriad, and you didn't say a
1: or of after oh. it. Oh yeah, I'm really proud yeah. of you. Yeah, well, you yeah. can't. You got to steer clear of that pitfall.
0: <laughs> that's one of my. That's one <laughs> of my. That's <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: or you know, irregardless is another favorite. Mm, like, that one's just gonna be in the lexicon too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, what's funny? Yeah, it's just. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's funny too because like. Getting back to like goals and stuff and what I mean, I really have a specific goal for Morse code, and mm. um, it's nice. This is good for me too. Like, well, man, how do we say this? the Most important thing I think that every creative person has to do is stay passionate, and you have to, mm. and you mm-hmm. have to find ways to keep yourself passionate. Mm-hmm. And if something starts to feel like a job or boring. It's not to say that you shouldn't do it, but maybe you should find something else that's just kind of silly and just pure fun, mm, and yeah. that will feed into the other things. Mm-hmm. And I, I found myself getting a little bored with touring, um, is it's not creative; it's mm-hmm. basically a logistical enterprise. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. just like, what time do we? What time's load in? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Where are we staying tonight? Okay, cool. And then mm-hmm. you just do that over and over again, and you drive, and you listen to podcasts or music, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's boring, and um, I was like, and I was crazy tourer for, mm-hmm. for several years yeah and, and i, and
0: I want to just take a quick minute uh, to everybody who's listening and loves you touring itself the logistics is awful but being in front of people and playing music with them is amazing amazing yeah totally true <laughs> and i still
1: and I, actually it's funny because i'm like i wonder if that's ever going to go away because it absolutely still has not mm-hmm. and you know i played like uh, a couple shows this last weekend in florida and it was you know a seven hour drive each direction and um but both times i played i was just like I yeah. love
0: this. Yeah. And, you know,
1: and like the performing is so amazing and, and, and it, it is awesome. But like the getting there and the planning it out and the booking, like, I mean, I'm really booked myself mm-hmm. still. And, um, you know, like five, four, three years ago, I was like, I don't like this part of my life. Mm-hmm. I don't like that I spend six hours a day literally answering emails, pushing stuff, routing yeah. shows, and I'm not good at it. My brain, it hurts my brain mm-hmm. to keep track of all of these details. I'm slow at it. This is not feeding my talents. I, and I'm you know maybe and I'm also like, you know, I spent a lot of time trying to get a booking agent, and I still am in a certain way. Mm-hmm. but I'm like holding those reins a lot more loosely now. Um, but I really started the process for like what I'm doing now three years ago in the sense of like noticing that I'm doing something I don't like doing. Mm-hmm. okay. We know that, you know, to what extent do I, must I do this? Mm-hmm. And to what extent can I find another thing that seem that might be closer to what I feel like I'm good at? Mm. Um, and how can I f- get, you know, move from one to the other? Mm-hmm. And it's really what my, la- you know, the last three years have been about of kind of, I spend most of my time, give or take, but really most of my time doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And that, and, it, and it's like... It makes everything. It makes the like where to go a lot less important if you're, if you're really enjoying, you know the where the classic at. thing. Yeah, where you're at. Mm-hmm. Like you know the journey is the de- the destination is the journey or the journey whatever. that <laughs> word that phrase
0: is, <laughs> About <laughs> yeah, yeah, enjoying yeah. where you're at. <laughs> yeah, and um, it is about the journey, not the
1: destination. Yes, yeah, yeah, that the thing yeah, uh-huh. that people say and yeah. have on picture framed pictures above their toilets. <laughs> um,
0: well, you know it's. Uh, s- Steve Did Everett you, there, there was, was on was the show. I think that's probably like a, a I I've that picked oh, up okay. on the mic, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, gotcha. Uh, it's not for me, so I don't care. <laughs> uh, but uh, Steve Everett was on the show. I don't know if you know that dude. Yeah, really I really awesome he's, guy. I love that guy. And he, Funny funny
1: guy, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And he justifies um, all the work that you're talking about, because he's another heavy road dog yeah. like yourself. And he was like, I play shows for free, and people pay me to book them and answer yeah, get, them get there and read them. That. Yeah. yeah, that's what the fees are for. Totally. And I told him he needs to reevaluate his, his, his values, you know, <laughs> his, his show's worth something. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's funny though. But it's a good, that's a great perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I, and that's all of us too. At some point you realize that like, this is your life, you know, yeah. you and you want to go, you, you want to get bigger, you want to play shows, you want to grow, mm-hmm. you want to feel relevant. But it, it, you know, you also you have to go like, oh, this is my life. I'm spending my life like this. Mm, like, mm-hmm. I better enjoy it. And if I don't enjoy it, I better figure out how to make my, help myself enjoy it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's funny. Cause like, I, I think that to the extent that you spend your waking hours, kind of in pursuit of something that's meaningful to you, that's a win. And yeah. you, you know, you get bigger, you get smaller. I've noticed this too. It's like, as uh, my music career has gotten a, a little bit bigger, um, it's nice to make a m- more money, for sure. And, mm-hmm. and, and maybe opportunities come a little bit more easily than they used to. Mm-hmm. That's also really nice. But there's also like a new set of problems that's created er- at every level. Absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. And it's just funny. The yeah, there's an, it's not like a qualit uh, an unqualified win to get at a, to a higher level in your career. I can yeah. imagine being like a star and having a lot of you know people around you. That would not maybe be a good fit for me because you're you're like you feel like their their opinions are going to weigh in. You feel like mm-hmm. I mean I got to please them and you don't want to mm-hmm. lose your booking agent. You don't want to say something stupid on Twitter. You don't. There might just be like a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And and also you're like you're aware of other people chomping at the bit to get where you're at. Absolutely. And that's pressure. And I don't know. I'm really interested in freedom. You know. And I have a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And that's feels great. Yeah. I mean my my short term goals are to get to a place where the show is. I can pay everybody what they're worth, mm-hmm. and and that's still self interest because I my, the biggest frustration I have right now, or the the most patience I have to exert is maybe a nicer way to put it, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is because it is a labor labor of love for everybody, and so people have to fit you know the show's needs around their schedules, which means right. ra- you know like waiting mm-hmm. for things to line up, mm-hmm. and it would just be nice if I could just hire everybody and be like, this is, you know, the gig and, and it will just go faster. Um, But that's, but I also know that if the show gets to a place where money's involved, it will change everything Mm -hmm. and it will change people's relationship to the show and Mm -hmm. their perception of what they need out of it. And I'm fine with that because of what I would get, but I also know that that would happen. and, And that makes me more grateful for how it is right now where people are just like, yeah, yeah, t- no, totally, I'll do it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's important to, you know, m- be grateful for the, the hiccups or the, uh, the maybe difficulties of the present. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I I... I kick myself
0: often for not being like this ultimate Zen master of living in the moment and feeling grateful for all the things I have. Like that, yeah, there's there's this commercial that pops on uh, around the holidays where it's like this family wakes up and like everything in their house is wrapped in uh, wrapping paper. Have you mm-hmm. seen this? They like turn <laughs> no. on while they're like, "Oh, we got running water. Oh, there's uh-huh. a refrigerator. There's car shoes." Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, every now and then, yeah, I have days like that. You know, especially surrounding music and creative endeavors. But mm. it's so it's it's uh, it's it's easy to not feel that way i would say and so it's you know when you realize it it's such a beautiful thing and you know taking stock of that and you know it just the smallest things reaching out to the people who are involved or just you know who are paying attention and saying like wow thank you i really feel it is a mm-hmm. super cool thing to be able to do but yeah it's not always there. That you know, the the pressure is there more often than yeah. anything else. To... And you guys just be like so wary
1: of comparing yourself to other people. I yeah. know that we all do that, and mm-hmm. I'm as as guilty of it mm-hmm. as anybody else.
0: Yeah, and I wanted to say that a little bit earlier is like you know when you were talking about like being a big big star. You know, it's like there's there's only ever going to be one biggest star in the world mm-hmm. at any given time. You mm-hmm. know, and you know, most of the time it's not you. Yeah. <laughs> and so to keep up your joneses with yourself is is one of the most amazing things you can do which is i think virtually impossible to do if you have facebook twitter instagram any of these social media platforms where you can see what other people are are doing but if you're not really paying attention to that if if you cannot pay attention to that man talk about freedom yeah (laughs) to to shut down the social media and just be like okay this is what i'm doing this month based on what i did last month and i'm doing better than i did
1: before Mm -hmm. awesome um I one thing I did recently which has been really helpful is I just bought a uh $5 digital alarm clock from Walmart mm-hmm. and um my phone is no longer my alarm clock mm-hmm. and I plug my phone in like on the other side of the house mm-hmm. when I go to bed mm-hmm. and and it's really has helped break that cycle of as soon, you know, you swipe the phone, the alarm off or Mm -hmm. whatever, and now the phone's there and you're just like, I'll just take a quick lap. And you'll just like, as (laughs) soon as you.
0: quick lap. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You like hit your Instagram and like, Oh, there's not as many likes as I was hoping for, Mm -hmm. or, or, Oh my God, she got that gig Mm -hmm. or like Mm -hmm. all like, and you're immediately back on that train first thing in the morning. That's not good. And like, it's been helpful to not, I don't really plug into the social until, you know, noon probably mm-hmm. or if I can avoid it it's not always you know but just trying to stick keep that at bay but at the same time I don't think that you can as an entrepreneur log off indefinitely mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta play ball and you it's also you got to kind of feel that stuff I mean that's in you can't just like live yeah. under a rock, mm-hmm. you know? That's not the way forward. You have to, the way forward is sort of like, accept that people are more successful than you at any given time or less or whatever, right, that the right, world right. is happening. You yeah, know. Cause and the other side of that, like wake up and look at social media
0: and then feel like shit because everybody's got this, that and the other thing yeah. is waking up and looking and seeing what all these friends and peers of yours are doing that's really cool, really creative, yeah. really inspiring that you wouldn't be able to get from that. Yeah. Which unfortunately I don't feel as often <laughs> (laughs)
1: Harder to find that. Really got to be in the mood for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I think that if you're, I I mean, where I live right now and my goals, it's very, it's very. I try to control as much of the criteria by which I judge myself, in the sense that I don't think that I I I've let go of a lot of what the other people might think of me what npr might think of me mm-hmm. like what what american songwriter article mm-hmm. am i like whatever the control Taste the makers. industry stuff mm-hmm. like um i really live in like how how can this character what do i need mm-hmm. to do to show mm-hmm. this side of this character and it's it's really super difficult you know it's like it, a very like um worthy challenge for me like it tests all of my i'm really drawing on everything that i know how to do um and you know there's a goal like write a page a day like i'm trying to get Mm, my episodes mm -hmm. ahead Mm -hmm. and if i wrote that page okay then i I can it makes it easier for me to be happy for other people's successes because i like I, i did my job too yeah. You know, and like, I don't, maybe like not everybody's aware of it, but mm-hmm. this is another thing too. It's like anytime something good happens, I'm, there's a little bit of a double-edged sword there where my, you know, I know that I need to make that known. Um, like if I got a, a video premiere or something, that's mm-hmm. that, that something that happened maybe last week. And I'm like, there goes two and a half hours of my life as I like... Put it all through the machine. <laughs> set the captions up. You know, like it's
0: so true. It's so yeah. much time. And
1: that this the other thing is, I know and I remember that when oh, I see wow. other people's posts and stuff, and they're like so beautiful, and they're now we're here on the beach, and that they're like, I know for a fact from like my own self is that when I'm actually doing something, me like actually working, actually doing stuff, I don't have time to post. Mm-hmm. And so like posting is kind of an, a public admission of things being slow enough that you have time to post. <laughs> yeah. See, so it's like helpful a helpful way to think about that. Because that's what we're all doing when we post. We're like, our life is great. Like, look at, you know, that's uh, you're putting your shiniest foot forward. It's not really the most truthful, hmm, yeah. truthful way. Yeah. I don't know, whatever. It's just a necessary thing, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Man, I could keep talking about. Yeah. All this.
0: There's like there's even like subject after subject that I haven't even breached with you yet. But I think that this is a pretty good place to put a pin in it. Sure. Do you have uh do you have any parting words for the people? Oh
1: man. Well, this is what I said earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, stay passionate. That's mm-hmm. really the best gift to yourself and to the people around you and to the world. Yeah. And that's the game. Mm-hmm. At every level, it doesn't matter. There's mm-hmm. it's it's all about like being excited about the work that you're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think you know when I hear you say it like that that's that's what I think people are looking for when they say one of today's buzzwords, which is authenticity mm. you know that just passion shines through, and it you can't be passionate about something that doesn't resonate with you, you know, and so that's I think that's super awesome and i'm gonna I'm gonna link your website and I will link um directly to Morse code as well. Yeah. Because you, you're all about that. You're so passionate about it. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I loved watching Tune you talk in. about it and hearing you talk about it. Anything else that you that, that I should include? We'll have all that in the show notes.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you know, I am I'm tour all the time. I'm coming to a town near you and mm-hmm. I'm all about the live show. And, um, oh, my Patreon, you know, like we didn't even talked about this, but a huge thing for me lately is Patreon. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've had people that are involved oh, yeah. in that. yeah, I'm on Patreon as well. Great. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll sign up for it. Have I not? I probably I haven't so. yet, but yeah, I will. We'll do no, a mutual Dude, and that's good. what's great. I mean, I, I'm all about helping my Patreon friends and, mm-hmm. sh- and signing up and um, shouting them out because that's one important way for me to have a modicum of income. Mm-hmm. That's more or less steady, you know, and, and it's, and it's my world and it's all contingent. I mean, my job, it makes it easier to justify the harebrained shenanigans that I'm doing on a regular mm-hmm. basis because I owe it to my patrons, patrons, um, mm-hmm. I make a lot of stuff and I need to make a lot of stuff to justify them plugging into it. So, right? Uh, but the creative, I mean, like if I, I have 250 ish um, patron subscribers and you know, the idea of like, if I could get it to 5,000, this is crazy. But like, if I get 5,000 people to get a dollar a month, mm-hmm. then I have a budget for the show. Mm-hmm. It's not a big budget. That's not really enough to, Actually, shoot a web series, but it's it would be really significant in terms of what I could give other people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I pay out. I mean, all I do shoot a monthly video series. Everybody gets paid on it, you know, and it's the patrons that make that possible. Mm -hmm. And it's just so fun to like give your friends money Mm -hmm. and and, uh, like to be able to do that. Like, money comes in from this side, and you go, it goes out that way, and you you get to bless other people. You know, yeah, I can't remember where I heard it, but.
0: Um, yeah, Some, something I heard recently, uh, someone was talking about their grandfather who owned a hotel, um, and said something along the lines of like, there, there is, there are few greater pleasures than being able to provide somebody, uh, an honest pay for an honest day's work. And there's, there, there really is something about that. Absolutely. You know? Cause we've all, we've all been through these, these times where it's like, we just need that. We need somebody to like. Offer us that that uh, that that valet job or that that awesome show gig or you know just just something that like, helps helps get us out of our own world and helps us propel forward as well because mm-hmm. we all need the money all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, I'd love to have you back on the podcast sometime. Yeah, man, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's almost time for return guests uh, to, to follow up on stories and things like that.
1: Well, we're neighbors, man. Just let me know. Cool. Yeah, 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 we are. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for today. This has been awesome. I had a great time, man. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for asking the good questions.
0: Hey, thanks again for listening to The Slow Drag Has a Podcast, too. If you enjoyed it, you can head on over to theslowdrag.com, where you can become a patron of this podcast, the music, all the art that The Slow Drag puts out into the world. It's a really great thing, and I think you should check it out. If you're not ready to make the Patreon commitment, that's okay. You can leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, and make sure to subscribe over there, too. Follow the podcast on Spotify or SoundCloud or from wherever you're listening. A little bit goes a long way, guys. Thanks a lot, and I'll talk to you all next time.